Welcome back to the final episode before the race of the PTO European Open. The whole squad is here for this one. Well, almost the whole squad. We've got Mika Newt, injured and not racing, but one of the OGs, so he's here. Then we've got the fly-ins, but now much-loved members of the road to the PTO European Open crew in Aaron Royal and Tom Bishop. And I'm going to throw to the usual host or the second host. I'm now the third host of this series, which was only ever intended to have one host, uh, Frederick Funk. Fred... What a whirlwind week, mate, um, and an unplanned rest week for, for all the boys and, and the series of the, the PTO uh, Road to the European Open. And I've had so many messages from everyone about, hey, where is the series? Well, like, has the series stopped? Is it is it ending? Um, and I reckon I've replied to about 200 messages saying, like, no, it's all good. We're coming back next week. We just took a week off. We, we, we regrouped and we're going to be back um, for the week before the race better than ever. How are you going, mate? What's um, what's been happening for you in the last two weeks? Um, fill me in. Thanks, Jack. Glad I don't have to do the intro for once. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was definitely a um, yeah a, a rough week. It, it wasn't a week off though because we actually recorded the episode uh, on Monday um, with Colin. Um, I think we started the recording 15 minutes before um, the news officially released um, about uh, him. Yeah, getting getting busted and basically he came onto the pod um like tom aaron and me we didn't know about uh anything he came onto the pod and told us everything and we were in complete shock we didn't know how to how to answer what questions to ask or whatever um it it, it was really really crazy and definitely uh yeah not not, not the best feeling um so actually when all this yeah shock um Went went away. I got pretty angry about it, and I also even messaged you that, like, hey, if you want to release the episode, please cut out everything. Uh, what what we talked with Colin before, because uh, I felt like I reacted way too nice, <laughs> and um, so yeah, in the end, it it didn't get released. Um, which which is a bit sad because the people missed out on my probably biggest training week ever. <laughs> But if, if anything, anyway, is interested in all my training, I post everything out, uh, on Strava. Um, so, yeah, you, you wouldn't miss anything. But, yeah, other than that, um, just came off attitude um, now uh, since two days in, in Ibiza, getting ready for the PTO European Open on Saturday. And, um, yeah, um, now that everything calmed down again, um, I'm, I'm really happy with my shape, my fitness tapering now and uh really looking forward uh, to the race on saturday now so in, in the entertainment business there fred you've just uh done what they call breaking the third wall where you let the audience in on on what's going what's really going on you let them in on the secrets so uh there, there you go we're doing this i guess um oh, i thought maybe we, we might keep that one a bit of a well that happened we we know about that but we decided not to release it but yeah what a crazy what a crazy day that was when um Colin came on and, and told you boys about it. Uh, the fact that you take an EPO and you boys are all just sitting back there uh, getting ready to talk about your training weeks. Like, what the fuck are we listening to? Um, and then obviously the triathlon. This was before um, anyone in the triathlon world even knew. So um, you you boys uh, were amongst probably the first 10, five to 10 people in the world who knew about it before uh, the news got leaked. Um, and you're right. I think what we're going to have to do with that episode that we released is I'll release it. Um, 
over on Patreon um, the week after the episode, um, uh, the week after uh, we do the breakdown review episode. So the following week I'll, I'll release that over onto Patreon. Um, I'll get rid of the doping talk, but, you know, so that everyone who's a loyal listener to the show can go back and listen to the, the training weeks. Um, I guess because, uh, and I'll get out of this conversation pretty quick and sit back and, and let all the boys talk, but just wanted to come on to, to help the boys work through how we start this show and how we address it. So um, now that now that Fred sort of decided we're really letting in everyone in on everything, I, I guess what we do is we do that. Um, and I might throw to you boys, um, Aaron, Nicka, Tom, and, and Freddie to have a discussion about, yeah, when 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 Colin came back on for a surprise um, episode of the show, and uh, instead of having a, a nice chat where all the boys were reunited, uh, you found out that he was a uh, drug cheat. Um, and then once you boys have had a chat chat about that. Um, I, I might sort of step in and, and we'll direct this conversation about the, the race this week. So, yeah, the floor is is yours, boys. Um, chat away. Cheers, Jack. Um, yeah, what a, like, crazy week. And I think, obviously, Freddie's already touched on it. But um, when, obviously, Colin dropped the news, that was complete shock to all of us. And then we went into our training weeks. I must admit, I think I listened to about, 10% of what you guys said <laughs> just because like my mind was completely elsewhere I was like what the fuck did we just hear and then you're obviously getting messages because then it was released by Pro Tri News I think and then ITA released a statement as well and so you're getting all these messages um so I actually don't know what you guys did last week pretty much I think I heard like some sessions and then I'll be like what day are they talking about I had no idea where we're up to and then another message will get pinged through. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think we all went through a range of emotions um, even during the recording. So, you know, Freddie touched on it, but Colin dropped the news and then basically left. And we then tried to transition into talking about our weeks. And then at the end of when we were talking about our weeks, I said, guys, um, so now we've had basically an hour to discuss like when, during the time that we're discussing our weeks to think about what had just happened at the start of the episode. How do you feel? And I could tell that everyone had gone from like, I don't know, a bit, I guess in a bit of shock, but also, um, well, like Freddie said, just was a bit, bit too nice about it. Like when there's someone literally staring at you, telling you that he's just cheated you um, in races. And I think by the end of the episode, we're all a little bit annoyed and upset and, um, I guess our, our our emotions had really changed from from the start of the episode. Um, how I know that we kind of discussed a little bit off air as well, um, but I know for me personally, like we I think we wrapped up recording. Say I can't remember, but say it was like around about four pm, and I still had maybe a a fifty minute easy run to do. And I think I sat on the couch for about two hours, just being like, "What's the fucking point?" You know, like I was quite depressed, quite sad. And, you know, I was talking to friends and they were like, well, be happy that he's caught. And, of course, okay, I'm happy that there's been a drug bust in our sport and and hopefully um, it was a deterrent for other people. But I also couldn't help but feel a little bit sad for all the people that maybe aren't getting caught and how bad is it for our sport. Um, yeah, so I think in that moment it was a, it was, it was a really big shock and, and we went through a, a wide range of emotions. And I think you can see by the outpouring of, of the whole triathlon community, right? I think um, it's far bigger than we probably anticipated that it would be. Um, but yeah, how, how, how have you guys gone 
this week. Like Tom, I know that we we were kind of talking a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, how, how, how have you been? How have you found it? Yeah, I I had very similar emotions to you. I think like, hearing the news, I was I was even kind of like, like empathetic towards Colin. I like with kind of the mental state you might have been in to consider it but by the end of the episode and later on that day I was getting more angry but I had a massive kind of sense of just what well, yeah what's the point I I, I think I messaged you and saying I've been meaning to be running but I haven't gone running yet and I was supposed to do like an easy 50 minutes but I literally went out the door for 20 minutes and came back because I was just like worn out with kind of the emotions that I'd felt that day uh, and it, it took a, it took a few days to kind of come around and then by the end of the week I was quite motivated it kind of almost gave me a sense of confidence that we, we can be competitive with these guys who are doping and it, it made me feel better about myself and more confident that yeah I'm actually a pretty good athlete if I can kind of compete with these people who might be doping or not so uh yeah it, it, last week was literally went from a real low to getting motiv- motivated again, training well, being confident for the race this week. Um, but yeah, like likewise, the, the talk in, in Leeds in our group is mostly about kind of the, the drug scandal and like where's it going to go, just hypothesising. But in the end of the day, it, it kind of just wears you out a bit and this is the same repetition of things. And at the end of the day, like it doesn't help you focus on your training. So I kind of like tried to shut it out by the by the end of the week and the weekend and and stuff. But yeah, let's hope kind of the race and the excitement of the competitors who like how the race is going to go is going to kind of take focus now rather than people still talking about the this drug stuff. Like we shouldn't stop talking about doping in our sport, but I feel like the race is the big thing that's happening soon. Late in 2022 and early into the year now, 2023, for me has been a period in my life where I've tried to become a much healthier, fitter version of myself. Um, I was about a high three-hour 50, low four-hour Ironman 70.3 athlete back in the day and briefly held a pro license, but I was terrible. Um, And then I broke my hip and never went back to racing professionally. Not that I should have been there in the first place, to be be brutally honest with you. Um, And then just before starting this podcast, I again started training for triathlon Um, And through the journey of this podcast, learning so much from athletes and coaches on the podcast, I made my big thing to not train 30 hours a week like I used to, but more so to make the most of the knowledge I've gained by doing everything a little bit smarter and trying to become a much healthier version of myself so that I can train like what I am, an age grouper with a full-time job, but hopefully still do some long course racing later on in the year to a standard that I'm happy with and that I feel like a sense of um, pride from. And so... Late in 2022 and early in 2023, I began experimenting with my nutrition. And specifically, I began experimenting with a brand called Precision Fuel and Hydration. I'd heard from multiple guests about them, particularly off air, to be honest, and how much they'd helped them because a problem I was always having was stomach issues and nutrition issues both on and off the bike um, and and both on and off the the triathlon training track, to be honest, like in my day-to-day nutrition and with what I was consuming while I was training. Um, I was always, always, always having stomach issues and I always felt like I was lacking in that area. And I feel like so many triathletes have these issues and never talk about them. Initially, I tried their gels and electrolyte tablets, and I'm so picky with that stuff that I went in expecting to hate it. Like I'd heard these athletes when I talked to them off air tell me about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, 
you're sponsored by them or whatever it is. Um, so I really did go in like skeptical, um, but you know, I genuinely loved it. Their PF90 gel, which has 90 grams of carbs and comes in this little gel bottle type packet is seriously, without question, my favorite gel I've ever used for cycling and running. And I was buying their products and I was using them for about three to four months this year so far while trying other brand stuff in the hope that like after experimenting with enough brands, I could figure out what works for me. And in the end, after trying about 15 different brands, I just kept coming back to Precision. And so I messaged them on Instagram and said, like, hey, a bit sheepishly, like, would you guys be keen to come and work with me on the podcast? Because I want to spread this message the same way I'd had it spread to me by um, athletes that they sponsored. And my plan was honestly probably always to message the brand that I figured out was best. But I didn't know what one that was be would be. Like there was no preconceived idea that it would be precision. Um, and like it was easily precision. And like I mean easily precision. They also do other lots of like lots of other awesome stuff that I'll tell you about in upcoming episodes. But this this uh, spiel is already going on for way too long, so I'll save them. But for now, my message to everyone listening is: if you're like me and are picky with gels, slash maybe don't even like them, which is more where I was at, and have always wondered what it, the best option for you is, which one has the the best combination of taste, texture, gentleness on your stomach, and doesn't make you nauseous and want to you know go to the toilet or throw up, then trust me head over to Precision Fuel and Hydration's website and try their PF90 or PF30 gel. They're both awesome. Um, I use it in combination with their PH1500 electrolyte tablet. Again, awesome. I hate so many electrolyte tablets. I love theirs. Um, and honestly, I wish I had them back in the day when I was taking my racing more seriously, but am stoked that through talking to people on this podcast, I finally found them. Um, they've been great to me. They've come on board the podcast, so they're going to sponsor the show from now, which I'm super grateful for. But the biggest thing is that I have a discount code. It's HTT23 for all of you to use, which gets you 15% off whatever you buy from their online website. Um, the link and the code, the HTT23 discount code and the link to their website will be in the show description. So go check it out. Can I just hypothesize with you guys a little bit? And I know it's um, maybe a little bit of a con controversial question to ask, but Colin mentioned in his interview with Jack that he believes to be the best in the world, you need to dope. Now, obviously, there's a lot of rumours going around. I'm sure a lot of us have heard stuff. Um, what What are your guys' take on that? Yeah, well, in the episode, 10 minutes later, he said that uh, <laughs> yeah. and they're the best in the world. The, the Norwegians are 100% clean and they have nothing to do with it. So what's not? Yeah. Are the best in the world uh, clean or not? <laughs> So yeah. and, and also he he I mean he said himself that he was clean for the US Open, which means he was the best in the world. Um, I mean it was a big race, the best in the world were there only apart from the Norwegians, but uh, he beat everyone clean, uh, like according to him. So obviously, uh, if if you see it this way, you don't need to uh, need to dope to be the best in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I think this this podcast you did with, did with Jack was just yeah, all over the place. Uh, I still remember I listened to it on I think it got released Monday evening, so like the same day. So actually, props to you again, Jack, for all your massive work there. I think it was was, was really important, and you sacrificed a lot there, especially sleep probably. Uh, but yeah, I still remember listening to it, and then I I basically couldn't really sleep that night. And I was glad that we had some early bird swimming uh, the next morning. It was the first time I didn't I didn't uh, 
yeah wake up completely dead because uh, I was like oh yeah finally I can go out swimming see some other guys so I didn't have to stay here with my own own thoughts the whole time but yeah I think this podcast yeah uh, Colin was just all over the place um, and yeah back to your question Aaron I still I still believe uh, you can you can be the best in the world uh, without cheating because I mean last year for me I was fourth in the world uh, in at 70.3 words and there was not that much missing and I know I'm I was 100% clean uh, I can say that for sure um and so yeah I think there are still uh, a lot more screws uh, for me to to optimize uh, so yeah, I still um, am convinced that I can can become the best in the world. Uh, even though I honestly uh, also like my motivation took a big big hit uh, after or at the beginning of last week. I felt like I just yeah was on the mental up again um, after my injury. So like the first two weeks were were really tough, and then I could go back on the indoor trainer um, train there. I I could swim basically normal again. So my mood started to rise again, and just uh, when I when I was on, on the up basically, so three weeks after after the crash, uh, yeah then. Yeah, the the news uh, dropped last week, and then it all took a massive massive hit again. Um, and I, I really struggled again for mo for motivation. Uh, I mean, as as Tom already said, I was also like, yeah, what's what's the point? But uh, also uh, for me, uh, I experienced the same as Tom um, that I could like get out of it fairly soon again. Because um, yeah, as Tom already mentioned. And as as I already said as well, I mean I can come forth in the world clean, and we all have uh, a lot more potential. So yeah, I could turn it turn it into motivation fairly soon again. But yeah, still, still a crazy week, and yeah, the the roller coaster continued for me. <laughs> did Did anyone else have um, yeah anything else to add on that? I think for for me. Yeah, I think we always, as elite athletes, professional athletes, maybe we're naive to it. I don't, I don't know. But everyone that I speak to, they believe that same thing. And then you speak to some other people outside of the sport and they, you know, depends who you're talking to, but they're like, oh, fuck this. Everyone, they're all, the top guys are all doping. You know, it's, uh, how can you compete against that? And I think um, whether it it's true or not, I, I, I like to believe, I, I, I want to believe that it's not the truth that you can still reach the top clean and I think you have to right because if you want to come up against these guys and if you think they're not clean it doesn't take much in a race like when you're on your absolute limit when it's you know who can endure that moment a little bit longer in the absolute red zone um it doesn't it wouldn't take much that in that moment if you think you're up against some dopers to relate that to 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 go well okay well i can settle for second place because i believe this person here is doping so i think we have to still believe that um but also this is open to my eyes and, and obviously i touched on it and, and rumors are just rumors so you know until there's any substantial evidence um to back it up you have to just believe and hope that it's not true but we're all hearing rumors at the moment i think um it's it's quite out there i mean i think it's a lot of people are talking about it at the moment that maybe the sport isn't as clean as what we hoped. Um, but I think we just have to continue. Like a lot of you have said, it's been tough, but we have to continue and, and hope that it is um, clean and, and really do what we can do. Um, 
and like a lot of you have touched on it was quite tough for a few days but I think if anything now it's uh, you know I've used it as motivation to really kick myself into gear and and go almost like Mika said I've been there and thereabouts on some of the really big races um clean then so you know of course it is it is capable you're or I am capable of of doing it so I don't know that's kind of where I where I sit with that it's it's going to be interesting during the race if how you describe like if you're in the limit and you think you're racing against a drugs cheat like that's going to be a completely new experience for me because I've never thought like that in a race but I was thinking like towards the end of the week I was like I just want to beat these fuckers and if you're in a race you're like <laughs> okay I just want to beat like that motivation could even push you on a bit more like uh I I don't know we'll, we'll see you next weekend but um I I'm kind of excited to kind of see how I feel in race day and if I, if there's anything kind of psychologically different for me going into the race like I'll have my usual prep and how I kind of get myself in the zone but will that emotion crop up and how will we respond will be quite interesting I, I guess I want to be clear as well and I, and I think Tom's probably the same we're not I'm not insinuating that anyone specific in that race is or isn't doping I think it's more just on what Colin said um you know bringing it back to that what he's saying is that basically top level athletes are doping and so therefore there are going to be people in his eyes or his view um lining up in Ibiza that are doping so I guess I don't, I don't want to yeah I guess maybe you're the same Tom I don't want to sit here and say um you know talking any specifics I guess I just I guess probably just addressing a bit more of what Colin said and how our mental approach is on that would you agree yeah yeah I, I feel the same like uh we don't know we we simply don't know um but like come race day hopefully it just won't be a distraction um try and plan plan for that in the race like in the heads just have some kind of a i don't know uh motivational mechanism just to kind of keep focused on what you need to do in the race because all, all i'm going there for is just to kind of get the best out of myself myself swimming cycling and running and see see how i finish like and if I just if I feel like I have a little bit more motivation this time around because of what's happened last week, then maybe. But um, it's still simply you, you're going there to be the best you can. And that, that's kind of what I want out of it next week. Can I step here and ask a question of you boys that I think people will be really interested in, in knowing? Because people have been messaging about what your guys specific opinions are on this whole saga and i think the reason why is because for for you know six seven weeks um you're involved in a series where you were week by week talking about the training of colin chartier he was the host of this show um fred fred you obviously took over and did a much better job of course um and I so, so I think people feel like you guys must have a really personal connection to him. I know Fred was sitting, so people don't know this. Again, we're breaking down the third wall big time, Fred. But for, for a couple of the recordings, you and Colin were in the same room using the same microphones sitting next to each other when you train. So can you speak to me, Fred and Mika and, and even Aaron and Tom, but particularly Fred and Mika here um, about how this affected you as being more of a part of it than, than most people by spending this time with him on this series and talking to him and getting to know him. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I've never been um, this close to like a doping case and I was already a really good uh, 
friends with with Colin with before this series happened. We got to know each other at Challenge Mallorca 2021, and since that we we stayed in contact. Um, always saw each other on races. Even actually, uh, we were talking in Girona to go uh, to get on a training camp um, before the US Open in in the US in the US. Um, obviously, <laughs> now we are not doing that, or I'm not doing it. <laughs> But it's it's crazy. I mean, my fiance is also also really really good friend friend of him, and um, yeah, she she actually cried when she heard the news um, because of obviously the first thought. It's just yeah, that's why also was my my first reaction to him was rather nice because you don't really think of him in the first place being a cheat. You, uh, I just know him as a person, and he's a really he's a really good guy, and. Um, yeah, and then it's just the, the anger is just taking over and the, the athlete side. And um uh so yeah, it, it it was definitely pretty tough. And 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 also the next day, the funny thing, like on that day I had um a pretty easy day in attitude, which was only an easy, easy swim and easy run. And the next day my my heart rate variability and resting heart rate was uh, as shit like like I would have been sick or like I would have been would have had a really, really hard training day. It's just crazy what what this is doing to to your body and to your head and all the stress, but yeah. but yeah, I, I'm obviously also now um, I haven't been with uh, in in contact with with Colin since the incident and I don't think I will be, um, because I mean obviously even when you take away the the athletes, uh, the athlete side, um, he basically lied to Mika and me for um. I don't know for for eight weeks or how many episodes uh, he was on with us. Uh, probably he had nothing with with his back as well. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. That and also which was also interesting. Um, you know, I got two times drug tested in Girona, which was um, on fourteenth of March, and then just like one week later um, on twenty first of March. The first one was actually Ironman as well. And um, actually, some because I released all my drug testing on on Instagram, and then some uh, some followers messaged me about it, and I didn't even realize it that maybe I actually got drug tested because um, Ironman or whatever organization um, they already knew obviously about the positive test from Colin, and saw maybe over the podcast or over Instagram that I was in contact with him there, and maybe that's why they came there actually and and drug tested me. I mean, it it can it can be possible, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it was it was just crazy, and uh, obviously uh, now I am still uh, pretty pretty pissed for for Colin mostly, also just for for lying to us. Yeah, yeah, for me as well. Um, can can just say the same as well, and I I also just checked a few things. So um, the first thing, I I think um. Colin had his positive test on February 13th, uh, didn't he? Was it the 13th? Yeah, I think that's when he got tested. That was in Girona, in Girona as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just checked, uh, Jack, you messaged me on the 14th of uh, February if you wanted to start uh, this Road to European Open series. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, then I said yes. And then you asked me who, who could join as well. Uh, and so I think like on the same day you still message or you already messaged uh, Colin. So basically one day after his positive test, uh, yeah, I first got in contact with him. Uh, we, yeah, we uh, set up this Insta Instagram group 
to yeah, schedule all the recordings and then I also message message him personally saying like yeah looking forward to it and all this this stuff so yeah it's thinking back back about it now seems just crazy so basically from the very very beginning it was just one day after his his positive test so he he was cheating um and as Fred said lying to us um yeah from from the first day on and then also I just checked uh, another thing so um yes Fred also already mentioned uh he got drug tested twice and we also talked about it uh, in the episodes I think the listeners um, might still remember it and we also talked about it like off recording um like before the episodes joking joking a bit around uh about it uh and looking back at it I just think like what the fuck what was Colin thinking the whole time um and on the um on the one episode uh, where we talked about it it was after he got the news um that he was positive so basically he really he he knew he didn't just uh, know that he cheated uh, he knew this the whole time but he also knew that he was uh, yeah that he was just fucked because his test was positive and still we were talking about this drug testing stuff and he was was acting super normal um, about it. I mean, I, I I wasn't suspicious at all about it. So yeah, thinking, yeah, seeing the whole picture now and looking back at this is just completely crazy to me. And yeah, personal, yeah, disappointment, anger. It's just a mix of emotions, basically. Mm, but yeah, uh, yeah, just just crazy. I. Uh, maybe it it would be interesting for like a sports psychologist to go back and listen to all the episodes and uh, focus on Colin like what he said maybe you can you can see something there I mean in hindsight now looking back he talked about like the mental aspect uh, a few times he compared his life to the Norwegian life when he said that they were staying up in in Morocco being sick and yeah being there there alone and I mean, looking back, you can always find something. Uh, probably now. Um, I mean, I I cannot uh, cannot listen to him now anymore. But yeah, it might be interesting interesting for a sports uh, psychologist. Uh, yeah, because as I said, uh, he he was acting a bit weird at times, and I mean, his training was also sometimes a bit all over the place, uh, where he had some some weird sessions, at least in my opinion. Um, where, uh, like, especially compared to Fred and and also my my training, it was pr- going pretty straightforward. And then Colin had some really weird sessions with some uh, yeah, weird uh, lactate responses at times. Uh, and then he he just went out for for a weekend or for a Friday of partying, feeling bad uh, afterwards. And he said he needed this for his mental sanity. Yeah, uh, so it's it's just weird to me and still leaves me a bit puzzled and just uh, shocked and angry in total. <laughs> just a few things there. So I have gone back and tried to figure this out. I think he got the positive test the morning before we recorded his last episode. He then messaged me almost directly after it saying that he he's like not sure he wants to continue with the series he's like back's fucked he's injured he he wants to step away from it for a little bit he you know he's not gonna do the thing so I think what happened is maybe he got the test was like holy fuck 
came on and recorded because we'd already planned because we planned the night before. Um, mm. For people who don't, again, we're breaking the third wall. So for people who don't realize we released this on like Wednesday afternoon in Europe or Thursday morning in Australia. Um, I think it's Wednesday in, in the United States as well, but we record it um, on Mondays every week. Um, every week we record it on Mondays. And so, um, yeah, so Colin's last episode was a few days after he got the test, but we actually recorded it on the same day he got the, the positive test. So he would have been talking to you guys just, I think, just hours after getting the the, the message that he got the, the email that he got the positive test or the phone call or whatever. So it, that would be really fascinating to be inside his head how he must have been feeling for mm-hmm. that. Because he, you know, that would have been crazy and he would have been like, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. it's all going to come up and down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 also as you said, we we had like a personal relationship as well. And I I messaged him um, after his injury, like uh, yeah, he he didn't write anything to to us anymore. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, the, the well, it's not it's not funny actually, but uh, the thing is, um, after my injury, I uh, was like, yeah, probably Colin felt the same uh, as what I feel right now. So yeah, just just a bit depressed and sad and. I mean, I still came came on the episodes, but it it really wasn't easy, and I was like, yeah, okay, I can I can fully understand Colin um, at this moment that he doesn't want to come come on, because it yeah it's of course hard when you're injured. Um, but Colin didn't like when I messaged him personally um, and asked like, yeah, how how are you doing? How's your back? He was uh, just responding super short and always like, yeah. Um, it's it's not too good and then that's it and this was everything and then one week later i still asked him um and it was the same or maybe he said like yeah doing 20 minute easy trainings but not, nothing more and that's it again so it, it must have been crazy weird uh or crazy hard for him uh as well this uh this time yeah mika this was when i got the, the first sniff that something was up and I, I told him I, I was speaking to someone and, and I thought that he had cancer. Do you know what I mean? That was my first thought really? because in our message group. So um, again, for, for people mm. who don't know me, Colin, um, Mika and Fred, we had a message group that we talked on all the time, organizing episodes, talking about stuff. Um, and when you got injured, Mika, and when Colin got injured, we would, we would message on there and there was some really like um, empathetic, sympathetic messages on there like you know I, I sent you a pretty heartfelt message on there Mika just like because uh, you one of the yep. first things you did when you had your crash was message us because we were supposed to be recording that day I think um and yep. we were like fucking all devastated for you and there's some really like um condoling messages on there and and you know you're giving us like meeting us with that empathy and that kind of thing and the same thing happened for Colin's back and like we were like we were flat for him we were like mate we're fucking this is shit like you know, come like we, we understand if you don't want to come on and talk about it because he didn't want to, but you know, we were just like super friendly and nice and caring. And it was, I said to myself, he doesn't give a fuck. Like he doesn't give a fuck that we're caring about this. And that that's what I thought in the time, but I'm like, oh, he's just handling it, you know, how he's handling it. But it, that, it was weird to me, especially when polarized with how you were being, you were like explaining everything to us. Like we were all mates, like you wanted us to know um, how it happened. You wanted to make sure that we knew you were okay. Like you were that's a normal response to me. And like, you still wanted to come on the episode and you were flat, but you're like, I'll talk about it. But Colin, he gave us nothing when we were talking about like, does he still want to come mm. on the episode? He gave us nothing. So to the point where I'm like, I've got a message in, in private here and he gave me nothing. He's like, man, nah, man, I might get back to you in a few weeks if I want to come back on, but think I'm done. 
like just really blunt. And I was like, something is up here. And I thought he'd either got, I knew he'd gotten some bad news. So I knew that straight away. And I, I, my initial thought was, I reckon Colin's got cancer. And then it went either he's got cancer or he's retiring from the sport or he's got done for drugs. They were my three things. And that's what made me suspicious to the start and sort of took me down the path where I did a little bit of digging. So yeah, it's really interesting to hear you say that you thought those same things. Did, did you think that as well, Fred? I mean, I, I thought it's, it's all coming just from, from his injury because, um, mm. I mean, like I said, I knew Colin for, um, yeah, one and a half years and I knew him pretty well, I think. And he was always like from the beginning, he was always this kind of guy. He, he was never really getting, getting emotional, but you could feel he was very, very, uh, like, uh, confident and, um, yeah, goal, goal driven. And like, if, if anything, yeah, happens that like he can't reach his goals or can't race then yeah he's getting very um yeah like 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 quiet or like basically not write, writing back and it, it's it's already happened before um when when he was injured as well and i i thought that it would just be like yeah messing with his head his his back in, back injury and he can't race texas he he can't race uh the pto U european open and um yeah even like for example after um challenge mallorca 2021 i i beat him i i won the race and and he got second and like his first reaction which i didn't find i personally didn't find like arrogant or anything i, I actually found it funny and, and interesting and actually maybe that's how why why i liked colin his first reaction uh, basically in the finish was um okay like he got second now he, he has to come back and win the race like he wasn't really, he wasn't happy for the second place but he also really wasn't sad for for the second place he just said okay i i have to come back and win the race so he was always like this 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 unemotional um so so that's why i didn't really really think anything else than than other than him being injured yep yeah, yeah for, for for me as well um i also uh <clears throat> yeah, as i said after my injury last week, uh, last year, I was also pretty depressed. And yeah, uh, as Fred said, I already I also got to know Colin as such a guy who's like so um, focused and uh, also like um, not extrovert, but uh, in introvert. Is it in, in English? Uh, yeah. So uh, he he's just not not that emotional, um, and so I wasn't suspicious suspicious as well. Yeah, well, I I think um, it was definitely. The, I mean, the whole series um, was definitely a hell of an experience. In the beginning, I mean, the the plan was uh, each week we just talk about our last week of training and how it turned out in the end. I mean, really, no one could have written the script. <laughs> so um, I'm actually really really thankful for for that. Um, yeah, well, I would have maybe write the script a bit different, but. Uh, but still, uh, yeah, like I said, it's really been 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 a great experience still, and um, brought us guys uh, all closer to to each other. Uh, even the case uh, with with Colin, and uh, yeah, just talking about it, just yeah, basically getting a bit emotional. Um, let it be anger or sadness or whatever, and um, yeah, about like people getting emotional. It's maybe. Yeah, I think probably everyone else, um, everyone has has their their own reasons there, but probably most of it is just part, because I think until now, um, really everyone had this um, 
was being naive, uh, <laughs> thinking that the sport is 100% clean and maybe it's just, it was just a realization um, that it isn't and that there are uh, people out there um, taking drugs uh, and cheating and um, hopefully Colin uh, is the only one or was the only one, but probably he isn't. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we don't know it right now, but yeah, I think that that just made a, a lot of people um, emotional about it. I think probably we get onto our, our training weeks leading into the race, but I just had one one quick question, and it maybe is a little bit unfair of me to ask, um, so I will also answer it myself. Do we believe his story? Do we believe Colin's story that uh, this was his first time um, that he was acting alone? And so I'll go, I absolutely not. <laughs> um, and whilst that is, we believe, well, I believe isn't the truth. I think it's really hard to move past that until he comes out well with, with any sort of forgiveness for Colin. I think um, he really needs to own up and tell the full story. Um, but, but what do you guys think? Like, I mean, I have I have no idea how EPO works or any any clue at all. But my thought would be that you couldn't do this alone. You couldn't just go to the internet and buy it and administer it without some sort of help yep. from somewhere. No, I I also don't don't believe any of it. I mean, just for the reason that his story has so many inconsistencies. Like, um, yeah, just things. Um, which for example him telling that his whole um environment got investigated after he um got tested positive and then um his coach uh, i mean his coach which should be the first guy who should be investigated posting a story that he didn't know about anything of it and maybe he knew maybe he didn't um i don't want to to make an opinion on this here but um yeah it just means that that Colin is not tell telling the truth about it and um, also, I can really recommend um, the the Triathlon Mockery uh, podcast with um, where they interviewed uh, Thomas Deckard. I think his name is was a ex pro cyclist who got also busted with with EPO, and he was actually telling his opinion about uh, about Colin's story and um, also saying why uh, the story can't be true or why if it's true, why it would be like really really stupid to to take apo like that or um i mean also like that the time to take apo in, in winter training um seems like it's also also really really stupid uh, you usually don't do it, do that because it's way too risky um so yeah i also don't believe believe any of it mm. yeah i mean and, and and like i said i think until colin comes out because that's that's what i think is one of the sad things about it right like um who else was connected was it yeah. was it people still in the sport? Was it, you know, training partners, coaches, coaching staff? Um, you know, I'm trying to be careful not to say anything um, that I that makes me sound like I'm implying um, of what people may be thinking. I'm I'm implying, but for sure, if if he was wasn't sorry acting alone, then I think he ought to come out and and really um for the good of the sport yeah really tell all i guess we need a we need an oprah winfrey moment with colin to really uh yeah to really tell all yeah i was really looking forward to the podcast on monday evening and i 
I hoped that this would would be this uh, type of thing, but then, yeah, I was I was just disappointed. I mean, uh, there's nothing you could do, Jack. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think this w would have been his moment um, to get out of it. Uh, yeah, not just one hundred percent negative as he is uh, right now, and to yeah uh, tell the truth. Uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously didn't, as Fred said, it was just, I think he lied to you basically the whole time during um, during the episode. And now all we can hope, I think, is, as you said at the end of the episode uh, to him, uh, that if he decides to change his mind and tell the whole story, that he he's going to come back and, and tell it. I mean, we'll see uh, what time, what happens to him in the next uh, few months when it has uh, settled down. Maybe maybe he decides to come out. Uh, yeah, I think this would be the only way to uh, not do only damage to the sport, but do at least some get get some good things out of it to tell like who was behind it. But yeah, mm. and and sorry, Jack, it doesn't even. Like I know, probably from from your standpoint, you'd love it to be on the how they train. But it doesn't even need to be a bloody podcast. Like, do the anon. Like, you can go through anonymous ways. There's through the ITA, through WADA, through ways to protect um, himself a little bit. If that's what he's worried about. Um, but there are other ways to do it than just have to do it through um, some sort of media way. Like, he can he can do it in in yeah. Like I said, there's there's ways out there that he can do it. Can I just ask one more question? Do you boys all feel a little bit better about it now than what you did last week and leading into the race? Where are you guys at mentally about the race following the Colin News now? Like how were your training weeks in the end? Um, and, and then maybe we could we could dive into your, your training week starting with you, Aaron. Um, yeah, so, well, I think a combination of things. Obviously, uh, <laughs> if we were able to release the, the podcast from last week, you would, they would know that I, I, I raced. So, um my week started with some recovery and then we went into the recording of the podcast and you know, I think we touched on a little bit now, so I don't want to go into it too much, but yeah, I mean, I was the first couple of days, probably first 48 hours, just really down, um, just quite sad about it all. And my mind was racing about, um, yeah, how much, yeah. And again, I, I've touched on it. I don't want to keep touching on it, but the, you know, then there's the, the rumors that followed all the Colin Chartier stuff that, it really did affect me for a bit. Um, <clears throat> but now that's obviously behind me. Um, I had some recovery days after the race and, uh, yeah, had a good weekend of training. But I guess maybe I'll just get, get straight into it. So um, on Saturday, I raced the Challenge Grand Canaria, uh, where I finished third. And then uh, the Sunday was just a recovery day. And then so I got into in between the two races. I'm here in Girona um, in my week. Started on Monday morning with a 90-minute recovery ride, um, just nice and easy, 187 watts, uh, and then went into a 3.8K swim, again, just all recovery, nothing crazy in that, and a 45-minute easy run. So that was decent day up, 48 hours after the, the half, um, all easy, and the body felt pretty fine, I guess, um, as, as good as it can be for for the back of a half distance race um and i'll get through the next few days quite quickly as well because they'll all just easy again so tuesday another recovery day 3.2k swim um and then just a really easy three hour ride actually specific in the title says very easy here Aaron. so 
Um, I took that very easy. I rode with yellow games, um, which is pretty easy in itself. Yellow ridiculous and <laughs> only joking. Um, but it was 170 watts uh, for that ride um, for, for three hours. And then this was a last easy day on the Wednesday, a little bit longer in the swim, so 5K, but still easy. Um, endurance, I can't remember what it was, but it would have been a mixture of pull and and swimming start uh, swimming and then an endurance run so an hour and a half run 426 average um again yeah relatively easy in that front and then so on that day i had to catch up with dan my coach just to discuss that this is the first time that we've actually had a a period where we've had to sort of back up like i've only been working with dan for a couple of couple of months so um i guess he didn't really know how well i recovered from races and so we, you know, we had a chat to see where I was at, where where I thought we could go for the next few days, and and I thought that I was ready to probably do a bit of quality work on the Thursday, um, and so he put in a um, three hour bike, well, an easy recovery swim, so three k swim. Uh, that's what I did at the end of the day. Sorry, so I started the day with a three hour bike ride, which was uh, going to be some hill efforts, um, um, strength efforts. It was two by eight minutes at three hundred forty watts two by six minutes at 350 watts, two by four minutes at 360 watts, and that was roll down recovery. And I felt okay in that, but probably not as good as what it should have felt for those that power on a hill, um, especially. And um, I got through it. But then off the bike, I was meant to do um, three by 4K, so 12K continuous run, um, building each 4K of 335 pace, 325 pace, and 315. But I actually, before the end of the ride, made a decision that I was going to change that a little bit, just knock the paces back, just because I wasn't quite, didn't feel like I was quite ready to do a session like that, um, especially after the weekend. And I think you probably, the only thing that you can do between two races when there's only a weekend but uh, between is do too much. I mean, providing you don't just sit on your ass for, for two weeks and do absolutely nothing. Um, I think the only thing you can do is do too much and, and go and overcook yourself. So I, um, yeah, I really backed off that run quite a bit, like three, I think I went 340, I was aiming to go 345, 335, and then see what I felt in the last bit. Um, so I basically did that. And then um, on the last effort, I actually only just did 3K of it. Um, and I actually took a, a minute's rest after the second 4, 4K just to, um, yeah. Get, sort of reset myself so did a 3k at 326 pace and I think it was a good call had I tried to do the session as prescribed I probably would have just put myself wouldn't say into a hole but certainly I wanted to have a decent ish weekend of training and I think it just would have delayed that and probably made me feel as I felt on Thursday on Saturday and Sunday when I was trying to do a bit of specific work for the for the weekend so yeah I got through that okay and um don't think i um, put myself into any sort of hole and got a little bit of work done i guess if anything just maybe woke the body up again after the weekend of racing before um some solid work on the weekend uh and then into a 3k recovery swim in the afternoon um and then on friday was a vo2 max um swim session we did four by 50s 35 max 15 easy and then we went eight 100s going three, I would say it was three threshold, one VO2 for, for eight 100s. And I was going 
well, obviously I don't know my times for the 35 max, but on the hundreds, I was going like one eights to one sevens and about one oh fours on the VO2 in a 50 meter pool. So that's when I felt like I felt pretty good in that as well. So obviously I think just having that extra day from Thursday um, before I did a hard swim really helped. And we did that, that's that twice. That was a 2k session of like some mixture between some sprints vo2 and and threshold work and basically held the same times um throughout that then a little bit of gym and a 45 50 minute run in the afternoon and then saturday i did a, a run session um and i did 80 minute run 20 kilometers worth of work sorry 20 kilometers in total with um going to uh, a warm up, 35 minute warm up, and then a 12 minute, eight minute, six minute, four minute. So 30 minutes build, all, all continuous. And um, yeah, basically went 325 for the 12 minutes, 320 for the eight minutes, 315 for the six minutes, and then 305 for the four minutes. Um, so 30 minutes, probably roughly, I guess that would have been, I don't know, 320 pace, but yeah, going through the gears a little bit. And um, yeah, felt fine in that. Um, felt completely recovered from the weekend and uh yeah good to get the legs turned over uh on that so that was the run session on that day and then a, a 90 minute ride in the afternoon and then i had on sunday a bike session so that was yesterday we were yeah recording this on monday um so that was a three hour bike with some like over I guess I think Freddie's done these type of work before. I guess he calls it lactate carrier session. So I'm going to go with that and call it that. Um, where I went, it was four by 12 minutes and going a minute at 380 to 390 watts into about three minutes or an into three minutes at 300 to 330 to 340 um, and did that three times to get 12 minutes and then four minutes between each of those uh, efforts. And yeah, did that four times. And yeah, felt really strong on that. I actually, because my heart rate was quite low for that type of effort, I um, actually stopped after the second effort to zero my power meter to make sure that it was recording right. Because um, it to me, it just felt like the power I was seeing was higher, which is obviously a good thing for the for the effort that I was that I was having. So then, um, yeah, I, after that, it was still recording the same. So yeah, I think it just goes goes to show that like I was yeah fully recovered by then um and if anything like quite fresh as well so because up until that point a fairly light week off the back of Grand Canaria so that was good to see um and yeah so I guess what were they like like I said it was a minute above and then three minutes at about 330 to 340 watts I think for the 12 minutes it would have been averaging 345 ish across the the board um and that was uh, in total a three-hour ride with 102k and then um, just a 30-minute jog in the afternoon uh 6k so quite easy by like 455 pace and my totals was um just loading that now so actually felt like it was a pretty decent week um in the end back of a race so i went 21 kilometers in the swim uh 360 or 357 kilometers on the bike and 80 kilometers running wise and I think it was around about 23 hours of training in total um yeah decent week I think got some quality work got like the recovery done from Grand Canaria and then got some quality work in the back end of this week 
And now it's just like probably the rest of us just basically legs up and wrap yourself in cotton wool to get to the start line in, in good shape. Do we have, um, Tamika's still here. Do we, should we get an update from Ika? Yeah, uh, we can. Uh, so yeah, last week I, I wasn't on. Uh, when I saw that Colin was on, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's okay when one injured athlete is there and tells us uh, an, ap- an update. But I think, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a diff- bit different. So now back to me and back to a real injured athlete. Um, yeah, uh, the last two weeks were, yeah, as I said, it, it went, I was on on the mental and physical up again. So I could get back on the indoor trainer uh, and do some yeah proper riding there. I started out very easy and I started out feeling like a robot uh, when pedaling because I was so afraid to um, basically move my feet. So I really focused on having my feet, uh, like like my, my right foot, uh, super parallel the whole time so that my calf and my fibula didn't have to work because uh, I uh, since the swelling went out, I just feel pain when I push off the ground and when I or when I like uh, move my feet or turn my feet or whatever. So once the fibula gets some movement, I feel some pain, uh, which which is normal when when the fibula is broken. But uh, yeah, so. In, on the first sessions on the rollers, I, I felt like a robot, but yeah, I got yeah more and more into it. And now I can can move my feet a little bit without feeling pain. And I mean, when you sit on the bike, you don't have to move your feet feet a lot. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I could get some really good uh, sessions already uh, in on the trainer. I started to implement some intensities again. So of course, no sprinting or like overgear uh heavy sprint stuff but uh yeah um i can go at threshold and even a bit uh, above threshold already without feeling pain so uh yeah this was this definitely gave me some uh good feelings and i could uh yeah, kind of enjoy it again and then i just uh also had my first ride back outdoors uh which was yeah of course also really really good for my mental sanity so the weather weather here in Germany actually turned uh, finally uh, we had the first signs of of summer here or at least spring mm, so yeah I could really enjoy this and uh, yeah swimming is is also possible again uh, 100% normal like swimming itself pushing off of the walls is still a bit uh, I still have to be a bit cautious um, to not do some yeah, super fast turns and push off like 100% but doing some easy push offs is is no problem mm. and then i i do yeah a lot of of gym gym stuff so my hope is that i can keep the the engine big and running so that when i i can eventually uh, get back to running which is still going to take at least four to five weeks that I yeah that my engine is is good, and then I, that I uh, yeah can at least carry some of the run specific uh, yeah muscles through this uh, yeah gym pro- program I do now. So yeah, basically I do do everything I I can uh, at the moment to to make my my restart for running as as easy as possible even though yeah i still uh, would have been out then for yeah at least 10 weeks mm, 
but yeah, uh, right now I, I still can't tell when when I can can come back to running. But also about last week, I, I also went to like rehab center and did some really specific work there. They checked for imbalances in, in my hips. And it was actually quite interesting to see like how much impact such a crash can have. So I couldn't couldn't really feel it myself, but my uh, neck um, had some, yeah, was still really stiff. And there was like a... Um, like a lot of tension on my whole right side where I fell on, which I couldn't feel that much uh, yet in in the everyday life. But now it's it's still good that I got got it checked and that it's out now. So yeah, um, hope to progress further and then yeah, I see I see what I can do. Thanks for the update, Mika. Uh, of one question, if everything go goes well, um, you're back running in let's say four four weeks. You think or do you plan to? Do Ironman 70.3 to qualify for the 70.3 Worlds? Because the cutoff is actually, I think, always end of June. So, yeah, yeah it's probably still stressful, but you, you think you, you would try it if everything goes well? Super hard to say right now. Um, I mean, four weeks would be, is, is very optimistic. Like the doctor said, uh, it's probably going to take six six more weeks. So um yeah, even though it might be possible say say like after five weeks, I still just got three more weeks um before before the cutoff as you said. Um the cutoff is at on the second of July. There would be 70.3 Andorra or the Sable. So I'm honestly not sure. Um, right now I'd say probably not. So yeah, of course, of course I want to, but after three weeks of, of running, I mean, I can't restart with like, say, 40 or 50K running weeks. I'll have to build it up very slowly. And what I really don't want is to like risk risk it or like rush back into the, it and then end up with an overuse injury because, because my like, like the other parts of my body just aren't used, used to running again. So right now, probably not, I'd say. But yeah, as I said, I'm I'm gonna try everything, but I don't don't want to risk the other part of the seasons. I mean, I if I don't make it, uh, that's it, uh, and then I can still do some some PTO races, uh, hopefully. And yeah, so uh, I'm gonna try everything, but it's gonna it's gonna be tight, um, and I don't want to like destroy my body uh, at this point of the career now already. I mean, if this would be like my, my last year or I would be at the uh, end of my career, I would for sure just, just send it and see what happens. But right now I'm I'm honestly not, not willing to like risk my, my long-term health for it. So yeah, uh, probably not, but it's for sure not completely out of the question yet. Yeah, completely understandable. I also have like um, what, what, one question to Aaron, which you're also um, going to, to ask, ask Tom. Like how how would you say um like your whole preparation over over the winter um also including your race in Gran Canaria, uh how would how would you rate it on a scale from from one to ten like ten being perfectly prepared um for the for the European Open on, on Saturday, um fifteen, <laughs> or am I or am I just playing mind games? <laughs> no, um. Well, so so Gran Canaria was was good. I mean, I, I was hoping. Um, I obviously 
yeah, I mean, we chatted about it last week, so I guess they don't know. But, um, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, I kind of blew up a little bit at the end of the, the run. Um, but, you know, for me and for most people that were in Grand Canaria, all eyes were on uh, Ibiza or, like, the main, you know, Florin, Laidlow at the time, um, Langa. So all the top guys, their, their eyes were, you know, firmly on Ibiza. So, and that was no different for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good hit out. It was a good hit out. I normally struggle a little bit in my first race, so I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Um, and I'm going into Ibiza confident. Um, I've obviously had a change in, in training environments and coaches. So um, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, but I think I've had, yeah, it couldn't have gone any better, the preparation. I guess we will learn from what we've done, whether it works. I guess there's no real form indicator like racing. Um, you know, we can all train as well as we do. And then, but it, if it doesn't come out on race day, it doesn't really matter. Um, so if I'm giving it a number out of 10, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll go nine just, just because. Just because the, it, it can always go better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can always go better. And well, we'll find out on race day, I guess. How was your uh, week last? Uh, your last week, Tom? Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Uh, I mean, the start of the week, I was so tired. Like it, it kind of been. Um, I think pretty much the fifth week on the bounce after getting back from Chile. So I kind of like done pretty much four weeks of like thirty hours a week. So I was I was really tired. So I spoke with my coach, and we just knocked knocked back Monday took out loads of volume and just kept it really easy just because it was more important for me to kind of focus on my the intensity this the past week rather than just try and smash loads of hours again so uh, Monday was just like a, a 5k swim an hour 20 on the bike and a, a 20 24 minute run just all all really easy uh, just did a few strides on the run in the afternoon just to kind of get my legs turning over for the for the run session the following day um tuesday was a, a vo2 vo2 swim where we did a mixture of 50s hundreds and 150s all in around about probably 106 pace for me like I, i'm not i'm not particularly fast vo2 max swimmer so uh yeah that that was kind of that was good for me but it was i think we did two kilometers worth of that sort of intensity so it was it was really tough and I was um really flat for like the rest of that day so it was and normally I'd do like an easy shakeout jog but I just went to bed for a bit and um and just relaxed um later on in the day I was on the track and I, I kind of repeated the session I did the week before which was um 16 400s but it, it wasn't quite as hard I just descended each block of four from kind of race pace like roughly uh just a bit quicker than race pace down to kind of three minute k's so i i guess it was probably a 400 and 350 and a 400 and like 310 a 405 and then a, a 400 and like three minute k's so i just I, I rolled through that four times and felt quite good like i was speaking to my coach and the important thing thing for me during that session was just to kind of feel smooth um like help have like good mechanics for the run and just focus on the, the form more than physiology um Wednesday was just a, a long four and a half hour ride just just steady aerobic like zone two I, I guess um and then a, an easy 10k run in the afternoon um Thursday was like 
I'd say the last big training day that I would I would do before Ibiza. Like I've got a bike session later on today, but this was like um, a full day of like pretty hard hard training. So we had a threshold swim in the morning, about three k's worth in around seventy seconds per hundred. Um, a variation of hundreds, two hundreds, and three hundreds. Then a ten k run straight afterwards, just nice and easy. And then I had a bike session, like four by ten minutes at thresholds um, around our bike circuit. So it's a great opportunity just to kind of really stick in position, focus on getting aero and trying to produce the power whilst in that position. Um, kind of for those ten minutes, I think I was holding like between two seventy and two eighty watts. Um, which for me is, I was quite happy with that. Uh, and then I did a runoff again, exactly the same as last week, just a six by a minute at race pace, a minute at like first threshold. So around about 320 to 315. And then the first threshold was like 340 to four minute case, depending on where I landed, if it was a hill or a, or a downhill or a flat. Um, so yeah, that was my Thursday. Friday was just, uh, an easy 4k swim with some open water practice around the boys that we we set out in the pool and then a 30 minute easy run in the afternoon with some strides um yeah making sure that i just kind of had enough left for kind of the weekend really um and that was uh saturday morning was a, a long run with 18k at first threshold so about 340 five to three forty pace. Um so the total run was twenty seven K but with like a, a bit of steady running in the middle and then just a, a long three hour ride in the afternoon. And then yesterday uh just just an easy couple of hours on the bike and uh an hour run. So the the week had like a bit of intensity thrown in but largely just kind of starting to kind of take out some of the volume and get a bit fresher for kind of the final few sessions into into the race. Um, I think my total volume was about 27 hours, about 18k of swimming. Uh, I think I did 430k on the bike and 97k of running. So yeah, uh, a little bit less than normal, but pretty happy with how I felt and kind of getting over the initial part of the emotional kind of strain at the start of the week. The sessions that I did felt good, so I'm quite happy. Happy heading into Ibiza uh, this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Solid week, definitely. And um, asked to to ask you the question. I mean, obviously, you only know that you're going to race uh, the European Open since since a few weeks. Um, but you think, uh, yeah, you you still did did everything you could like over the winter, and you uh, feel in a good shape for Saturday. I I think so. Like obviously like my aim this year was to try and get into racing the PTO Opens. I wasn't expecting to race the European one, uh, but my early season races kind of set me up to get a roll down slot. So I guess in terms of how the winter's gone, it, it's gone really well because I've kind of already hit one of my goals. And with like the five weeks I had in preparation, I've, I've literally done all, all I can. Like uh, I've kind of worked well with my coach to kind of really focus on on like race intensity and kind of just pushing, pushing on a little bit from early season races. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm confident and I'm just kind of happy with what I've done and I'll just see what happens on race day. But, but to ask you the question, maybe a bit different, like if you would have uh, known, let's say from uh, November, December, that you would race in Ibiza, you would have done anything different? 
Um, I don't think so. I reckon I probably would have still raced when I did in March. Um, again, just because I felt like I needed to get some some good points. Um, and I quite like an early season race just to see where form is. And it would have given me enough time to change anything if I needed to uh, in the run up to Ibiza. So I I still probably, probably would have um, done exactly the same, maybe just booked another training camp somewhere just to just to get some more sun especially as like Ibiza looks pretty hot at the moment and I've not quite prepared for the heat like I did before Miami but hopefully there's some residual kind of um adaptation there that I can like hold on to some heat prep that I did earlier in the year so give us a number yet on a scale from <laughs> one to ten okay. for your prep uh, okay. 9.5 <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna say 10 just because I, I hit one of my goals that I wanted to already. So it's gone as well as I, I could have hoped. Nice. Okay, then uh, moving on to, on to my training week. Um, so basically started the week with uh, a couple of easy days uh, just to recover from from the big block and attitude and go ready for the for the last um, bigger training days. Um, Sorry, what? Day, so this is Monday. What day did you get down from altitude? No, so so what I'm talking like, I'm still in attitude. Um, oh, sorry. Basically, so last Monday, um, I just got down from attitude like uh, on Saturday then, but I'm I'm gonna go gonna go oh, back okay. to it. Yep. yep. So, so there's still an attitude. Um, basically week four. Then the, the day before Sunday was already a rest day with 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 an easy swim. Then on Monday was um again just like an easy day, uh, with one hour easy easy hilly run um 14.3k um and a four and a half k easy swim which was actually after after we recorded the episode so it was also a little little bit tough to to get it done <laughs> was more like just uh really uh, i was just swimming <laughs> not really thinking anything was uh, was was good to get the head free actually and then the next day um i had a, a morning run um which was uh, 20 minutes easy then i did a uh, 10 times 200 meter um with a 100 meter walk between and the 200 meter i did in about yeah 33 to 32 seconds um on a track and attitude and it was actually really tough for the end because um i think any speed you do in attitude is just just so hard it's like also the 100 meter walk wasn't really enough to to get my, my heart rate fully back down so it just yeah pushed pushed again pushed again and just like by the end my heart rate was uh, also even for 200 it's like over 180 <laughs> so that was definitely tougher than expected even though it was just uh, 10 times 200 then i had a, a 5k easy swim um also nothing nothing special there just getting some miles in and uh oh yeah two hour five minute uh easy ride which i did indoor uh was 205 watts average uh then the next day was um only like a 20 minute um core and then one hour uh, easy swim also not nothing special there and then we we get to the to my last two big days uh in attitude uh started the thursday with a um yeah really uh long and and tough tough run session so it was 15 minutes warm up with a couple of strides and then the the main set was uh, 12 times 1200 meter um progressive uh the first to the to the third one and uh yeah so basically the third one should be a bit over over threshold 
and um, I actually went down to to the lake uh, to the Lacte Matemal um, and did it on on pavement. It was a bit like a it was like a three and a half k loop. I don't know if you if you know it, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so always like the half of it is a is like slightly uphill and the other half like like slightly downhill. So was was definitely easier mental mentally than doing it on on the track. Uh, and it was also easier because it was just uh, it was on, it's on one thousand five hundred fifty meter uh, attitude. Did you just do it around that loop, or did you just go out and back? Uh, no, I do did it around that loop. Okay. Um, so basically, it was like five loops, or almost exactly five loops. Um, I covered with the rest between the one thousand two hundreds were um, one one and a half minute uh, easy jog. But I did it in carbon shoes, so even the easy chalk was always at about like four fifteen uh, minute per ki- per kilometer. You weren't tempted to do it on the famous famous damn wall. I didn't. I didn't want to to go out and back and have turns. I rather wanted like to to have a loop so I can run continuous. And so while it was because it was up and down the pacing, um, yeah, I I couldn't really do it for pace, uh, but I did it for. Yeah, heart rate um, and stride power, um, but but just to yeah give you an idea of the pace. So the the slowest uh, one thousand two hundred was always like uh, when it was slightly uphill, it was at about three forty five uh, minute per kilometer, and it was like when it was slightly downhill, it was at uh, three twenty five minute per kilometer. Then the second one, uh, when it was slightly uphill, it was at like uh yeah 335 to 330 and was slight when it was slightly downhill at like uh, 315 minute per kilometer and then the fast one when it was slightly uphill was at yeah like 325 to 320 and it was when it was downhill at about yeah like 310 or the last one or it was also 310 minute per kilometer and uh, i also took took lactate, lactate just to check if i'm in the right right zone and intensity and um, after the third one, I had uh, 3.1. Uh, then after this, the sixth, I actually had uh, 4.6. So um, I tried to do the slower ones a bit slower, but uh, tried to stay at the same pace for, for the fast ones. And then after the last one, I had 4.1. So it went a bit back down, which was, which was good. Yeah, so that was a pretty solid run session. It was actually, I stopped, I leapt out um the intervals only so i had 17.8k in one hour and two minutes <laughs> so so almost as fast as i will go um for the 18k um on 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 saturday <laughs> so then after a cool down ride um just one hour 46 minutes and then in the evening uh, a 5k uh swim with eight times 400 meter threshold uh leaving at uh, five minute 40 um, I was obviously a bit empty from from that session in the morning, um, but I still could swim all in like uh, in f- five minutes. Uh, also took lactate there just to control the intensity, and my lactate was basically after two three point five, after four three point nine, after six uh, four point one, and actually for the last two I put on pedals and went at five thirty interval and swam those in uh, four fifty three. So that was a pretty good threshold session. It felt hard because it was like empty, but um, was like the pace and heart rate was definitely still uh, still controlled. Did you notice your whether you like or did you take lactates when you in um, put the paddles on 
And did you notice any, was there any difference, any change? Um, no, I actually didn't, didn't take lactate um, after, after the, after the age. Um, I just saw like it's right, it's rising. So I had like um, a 4.1 um, after the six. So that's actually why I put pedals on. Uh, so it's not rising any further because for this session, I actually wanted to stay under four. And um, then my heart rate um, actually dropped quite a bit. I think, uh, yeah, I don't have it here right now, but the lactate was definitely lower. I mean, if I would, I didn't check it now um, because it really just took lactate to control the intensity and not really to collect data uh, and the information. But if I would guess, it probably would be like somewhere between 3 and 3.5. And then on on Friday, I also went went down with the car to uh to the Spanish side, which is like a yeah twenty five minute drive, because there's a nice road uh, from Puigcerda um to to Andorra where you can just like do good TT intervals. I mean it's still it's still hilly, um but I just wanted to get um some intervals in in TT position outside outdoors uh, done. So I basically went um yeah just fifty k out fifty k back and with the intervals were three times 20 minute at um, race intensity and uh, then another eight minute at a threshold and uh, three times 20 minutes I went in uh, 330 watts um, that one was actually downhill uh, so sometimes I got really fast and didn't really pedal anymore I think normalized power for that was actually almost yeah, it was was 345 so yeah there was a lot of uh, not pedaling pedaling in that that's why i also did like 24 minutes uh then this the rest was all like slightly uphill on the way back um so the second 20 minutes is 347 watts um then i just took some lactate to just to know if i'm in the right intensity and it was at uh, 3.3 then the third one was 345 watts and then the eight minute threshold or it was 10 minutes threshold actually um well it's 366 watt watts in the end then I did immediately a, a run of the bike, um, which was 20 minutes um, race pace, but I didn't put on like carbon shoes. And also where I did it was like up and down. So only ran like uh, 3.29 a minute per kilometer, but it was quite hard. Um, also did like felt, felt really strange to actually uh, suddenly run not in carbon shoes off the bike. It's like you you feel completely unstable, <laughs> and um, yeah, and that fifty minutes easy. So I had a yeah thirty five minute uh, run of the bike, and then in the evening that was the the last session in altitude, just a five point five k um, easy endurance swim. On Saturday it was travel day. Um, we drove to Barcelona, uh, flew to I- Ibiza, and then I just did an easy post travel run, uh, forty eight minutes, um, exploring the place a bit. And then also yesterday, um, so Sunday, I started um, the day pretty easy. Um, only started the first session at uh, 12.30. Went into the sea for a 4.1k op- open water swim, just just cruising. Then in the afternoon, uh, a short run again with uh, same like Tuesday with the 10 times 200 meter. It definitely felt a lot more comfortable doing it on, on sea level. And also felt good to open the legs um, up after after the travel day the day before. I always went around uh, three, three minute per kilometer pace or so slightly under. 
and then in the evening a two-hour easy bike session exploring the the beauty of the island a bit not going on the bike course because the bike course is basically a main road out and back uh pretty boring and also now not not really good to check because it's really really traffic full and um yeah but here's also some other pretty good loops and uh roads to to explore so yeah my totals for the week are yeah 28.1k swim so it was quite a lot of swimming but only one uh session with intensity uh the bike was only eight hours and uh, 13 minutes 286k the run 72k for 50 minutes um yeah and overall was just over 20 hours of of training for the last uh, week of my winter preparation basically and um and i guess we better ask you the same question then yeah i mean honestly my uh winter preparation if you only look at a training was uh 100 perfect i wasn't sick i wasn't sick for for not even one day um i wasn't injured i could really do um anything what my coach and me wanted to do um from beginning of december until now so it was really the perfect winter training <laughs> but probably every uh, triathlete wishes for but uh what that means uh we, we will see on saturday because I mean, that's the only thing um, I've already said that on a podcast I'd like that I didn't race. And just like you, Aaron, the first race of the season for me, it it can be good. It was already good, but it often was also already just like, yeah, not not how I wanted. Um, for, for for that reason, I actually did a little uh, like private uh, race simulation today on the day we we are recording. Um, and I was actually man. I actually managed um, to get really into this race feeling. Like on the bike, I was really thinking I'm in a race right now. So <laughs> that 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 was quite funny. Um, so so I think it really helped also just to to have the the routine and um, yeah, and just the the race. Uh, yeah, hard, hardness. Did you win? <laughs> I I won, but uh, but I also got lost. Got lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good prize. Good points and prize. Uh, sadly, sadly nothing. Sadly yeah. nothing. Also, no PTO points. Uh, yeah, really annoying. I didn't know that before. Otherwise, I would have never uh, re- registered for it. <laughs> but the race race organization was also really really crap. The roads weren't closed. Like I had to stop like at a few roundabouts. I had to get slower in town. Yeah, it was was not a not a good race organization, and there was no finish line, no finish line buffet. <laughs> <laughs> really terrible. You have to tell Thorsten though that um, the quality of field points should surely be higher. Hundred percent of the field was t- inside the top ten. Yeah, true. I think yeah, the strength of field was uh, like eighty-seven point something points. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was actually a better field than Gran Canaria this way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, and then and and so if you I guess you've probably already answered it, but would if you um if you given it a number. So yeah, I think I, I think I'll I'll give it I give it a ten. Um can I change my number? <laughs> yeah, you also want to give a ten now. Yeah, I'll go to ten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean let let's see with let's see um if there are any excuses coming up after the race that I that I should have raced before I should have done like Challenge Concanaria or something and then I 
take take it back and give it like just a, a nine just because I didn't race. But I think actually, no, really, I did everything, um, everything I could got into a really, really good uh, fitness and shape. And um, I'm really excited how it will play play out on, on Saturday. But yeah, the, the prep was perfect. That's good. I guess that's probably a good segue. Maybe I know Tom's got a, a bike session to get to soon, so we, we won't probably dwell on it maybe too much. But should we give a bit of a dive into the race? You, do you want to do you want to drive this jack or are you just going to leave it leave it up to us did you have some questions i'm not sure if you're still here actually but yeah i'm still here i've just been listening and um being mesmer mesmerized by fred with his shirt off i honestly i cannot tell people won't know this well i posted on on instagram just then actually behind yeah. your backs but uh i'm looking at these zoom screens and all i can see is fred's like fred's naked nipples <laughs> yeah it's doing it for me I've seen what you posted. All I could see is Mika eating again yeah. from a big bowl. <laughs> but, but he's 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 also yeah. we're so we're two out. He's got the same bowl again. He's filled it back up. He's still eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> while you were while you were talking, uh, I just made made my second second round <laughs> of food. So yeah, having having this right now. And actually, here's the proof that I don't just eat out of faces. I also got some proper bowls, <laughs> at least at least when I'm staying with my parents. So I'm currently at my parents' house. So yeah, here we got some proper in, in bowls. In all seriousness, has your appetite dropped since you're not doing as much? Or are you still... Uh... No, no, <laughs> uh, it didn't. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it would take maybe three weeks or so uh, of doing absolutely nothing Uh But yeah, after as I said, like after two weeks, I could swim and bike indoors. So yeah, luckily, uh, my my eating shape is still at one hundred percent. Yeah, I reckon we do a bit of a dive on the race. Like, I'd love to hear your boys' um, take on how the race is going to go. Like, how you see the race playing out, and and your individual roles in that. Like, I think you all have like massive roles in the race that's what's so exciting um and then who who you're like thinking about in terms of your competition um who you think is is a threat to win who you maybe think isn't a threat to win i'm like as a someone just sitting back here listening and um and staring at fred's body i would love to hear that (laughs) who wants to go first i uh, actually get to the start open the start list first just to see who's on there yeah and I think we still have to wait who's going to be on the start line. And then, then we could maybe really say uh, how it's going to pan out. It's looking pretty good that uh, Jan and Alistair are actually going to race. I've already yeah. seen Christian today, so he's definitely going to race. Patrick Lang is, is deadly mm. sick. He, I, I, I'd be shocked if Patrick Lang oh, really? raced. Yeah, he's been, he's been messaging me for yeah. like the last three days. He's like proper sick and he's, um, he's sent voice messages and he's like can barely speak. Um, I, I'd be shocked if he made it to the start line. Bad timing for him. I, I, like, I just couldn't see him flying, being as sick as he is and, and going, going to a race. I, I, so I reckon you could almost scratch him. I, so I sat next to him having dinner on um... – after Grand Canaria, thank God, I hope whatever he's got hasn't been passed on to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so okay, let's let's have a think about. It. So obviously we've got you know, we'll we'll go the big big names, Jan, Alistair, Christian. Uh God, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> Magnus. Magnus. Um, Max Aaron, Ma- Max Aaron, Newman, Tom, Fred. Daniel Beckegaard, Ben Canude. So they're, they're obviously it's going to be a fast swim with some quite a few people I'd say up there. 
we could probably put in a good five or six. You've got Carl Smith, who's maybe not in the top ranked at the moment on the, the list you're looking at, but he'll be up there. Um, and that, how do you see then that dynamics of that bike? Is that probably going to be too many, do you think? I think because it's it's going it looks like it's going to be a wetsuit swim um i was already in the sea it's pretty 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 comfortable um in wetsuit but it's still like um yeah 20 degrees and i think the border of being a non wetsuit swim would be like 22 and i don't think a sea is going to heat up until 22 so because of being being a wetsuit swim i think it will be a bigger front group a bigger front pack um i think Maybe Christian even be, being in there. Um, Max Newman, Flo Angert, you Aaron, um, Daniel, Ben Canute, Mickey Tarkold, Jason West, a good swimmer as well. Um, Rudy, maybe. Peter actually swimming pretty solid always. Uh, you, Tom, Kyle, Alistair, and hopefully me. <laughs> and Jan. Oh, and Jan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He's because he's uh, at the at the end of the list, so I miss him. <laughs> I'm shocked. Do you think it's going to be that big a front swim pack? Yeah. I mean, it will be like because obviously the pace will be crazy fast. Um, like I'm sure Aaron, you really want want to push the swim, and you're not the only one. Uh, so I think it will be more like a a line of the of all these people. So like from the first to the last one, it can be like thirty seconds or maybe a bit more. So I think it would be something like that. Aaron, I can anticipate you getting a slight gap at water, to be honest. Um, I know there's some quick swimmers there, but if you can kind of, if you've been, how you've been swimming and training, I think your get out speed might just get you a gap. It's just whether you want to swim tall if 2K or not um, and how much energy that's going to cost. No, uh, like, no, that's not, that's for me, that's never the idea. Like, yeah. I if I just get clear, then that's kind of pointless. If it just keeps the second group or the next guys behind all bunched together, mm. like I want, I want to string it out. I want it to be fast because I certainly don't want Freddie <laughs> or Magnus <laughs> or um, there's some people that I wouldn't want there, but I can't really avoid like Jan, obviously, and Alistair and these guys that are super, super strong on the bike as well. Like I want, I obviously want time on those type of people. But no, like I would, my, the ideal, so a dream situation is that whoever it is, I don't care who it is, but the, the swim's fast and there's, you know, like a handful of people that make it and we have a, a bit of time on, you know, these type of people. Um, but yeah, my idea is never to try and get away solo because I'm not a, I'm not a strong enough rider, especially in this caliber of field. I mean, to, to, to stay away. <laughs> have any chance of staying away um solo but yeah so then when, when we get onto the bike um this is where i'll be interested to see your point of view on this freddie and and tom obviously you've shown like this year in your early season races that you're right up there as, as one of the best riders as well but how do you see that dynamic like if it's what you're saying freddie of a massive pack how do you see obviously in in, in your eyes magnus's eyes like you, you guys want to use that as your strengths like without trying to give away your secrets, like how do you feel like that's going to play out? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not a secret if I'm saying that um, I obviously want to just get to the front of the race as fast as possible. I really hope the motorbikes are not playing a, a big role in the race. Um, I mean, I, I've talked, I, I've said it to Tom before we started rec recording, like the, 
the road is actually really wide. It's like a two-way street on each side. So there could could be. I, th I hope they will. They use the whole road, and I think they will because of the roundabouts. Um, so I hope the 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 motorbikes all really stay on a complete left side side, while the athletes all stay on the complete right side. So they just play um, as less of an impact uh, as as possible. But I think like from all these these good swimmers, there will be like especially Alistair Brownlee, who is going to push the pace right uh, from the beginning. And I mean, and I'm sure there's going to be um, people dropping there and immediately like a two, three uh, man breakaway with, with Alistair. Um, just like a PTO race yeah. in Edmonton, I think. Um, I think he, he, he yeah. did exactly the same. And uh, yeah, and that's just like, um, I think Alistair will also be uh, until the end of the bike, uh, he will be at the front of the race, hundred percent. I'm actually hundred percent sure about that. And then we will see how how he is uh, on the run. Um, I don't know with with all his injuries and. Jan is Jan is Jan with Alistair. I think yeah, that's a good question. I mean, let's be honest, Jan. Um, uh, you should never write Jan off. It's it's not good. But I mean, when when Alistair pushing, um, they're. 380, 400 watts to, to, to get a gap. I think uh, Jan won't follow. Because he can't or because he doesn't want to? He thinks it's too... Nope. I, I, I think... I don't want to write him off, honestly. <laughs> maybe he can. I, I want to... <laughs> so you think if he, if he can, if he can, he does? If he can, if, he Yeah, does. for sure. If he can, he, he does, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Not a tactical decision. Yeah, I mean, if that would be like the ideal situation to for him. Um, to get into T2 with as less people as possible and ideally without uh, Christian. Yeah, that's certainly obviously, um, yeah. I mean, Alistair has one way to, to race, right? He doesn't, for all of the good, really, really good performances he's had, you know, he's he has one one tactic really and that's even, even, in, even in his short course days when he could have, won the race in many numerous different ways he he always just raced the same way and so you can be rest assured you know he's going to do the same this weekend isn't he maybe he listens to the podcast uh and then he's just doing it completely different 100 <laughs> percent, alistair is not the podcast alistair's a loyal listener of the podcast aaron he's a loyal loyal <laughs> listener. listens every week some messages telling me about episodes he's listened to I think just uh, to finish it, finish the bike there. Um, I think by the end of the bike, we're going to have two to three guys um, in T two co with coming with like a bit of a gap, like maybe one somewhere between one to two minutes, and then there will be like uh, just obviously a bigger bigger group. So, Fred, can I ask? Do you see from your perspective you being one of those two to three guys entering T two T two in the lead? And if you do. If it happens that you enter T2 in the lead in a select group, how does that happen? Like at what point in the course do you think, to, is it up the hill that you just smack it and, you know, Magnus and Tom Bishop go with you or Alistair and Tom Bishop go with you? Um, and if so, how, how big a gap do you guys need to a, a chase group that has Jan Fredino, Christian Blumenfeld, Aaron Royal, um, Jason West to, to win the race? To say it with the words of, of Jan, um, when he was in, a, in an interview on, on Kona, when uh, he got asked like how big, bit of, big of a gap he needs to Patrick to win the race, he answered it with, he should be no more than two minutes ahead of me. 
<laughs> that was the best answer ever. <laughs> so, so Jack, to answer your question, I don't, I don't need a gap. I can casually sit in a, in a big group. <laughs> well, then, 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 let's do it. Have to be able to run with Christian, Jason, West, and them. Like, what would you do if you went to T two? What's going through your head if you're with Christian, Jan, Jason, West, Aaron, Royal in T two? I mean, the bike is my clearly my strength. Um, I'm also in a really, really good bike shape and I, I'd be stupid to not uh, push the bike and just sit back in a group. Like this is also not my, my way of racing. So obviously it's also my interest um, to get into T2 with as less guys as possible, ideally uh, solo. <laughs> but I think that's that's definitely um, really a tough task uh, on, on that ca caliber of race. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm also not really planning um, if I attack or where to attack. It's really just always um, how how the race is going, how I f how my legs are. Also observing my competitors in the race, um, how they're going on the uphill, how they're going through the roundabouts, how they're going on the downhill, where is the best to attack, and also like with the wind as well. I definitely see myself going into T T two. Um, at, at the at the front of the race hey tom um tom how do you see things going out aaron and fred have obviously given their takes on the race give me give me your detailed take um i'm less experienced with the racing so i again i, I don't know kind of everyone on the star list how they race but obviously I've, I've watched quite a bit and done as much research as i can i i do predict like a kind of long strung out swim uh, that that would be the idea of scenario for me because I just like to kind of sit on feet and kind of take the swim as easy as I can so I can get out and be prepared to go on the bike as hard as I can because I kind of want to go go with moves as early as possible if I can. Um, I don't know, maybe kind of to the top of the first climb, I can just predict Alistair going like absolute full gas, um, almost like it's a, a 20k bike lap rather than 80k bike lap. Um, and he'll just kind of try to blow the field apart. I think that would probably be an unwise move to go with. Uh, obviously, it would depend on how other people kind of chase out or follow. Um, but I, I kind of want to be hang on as close to the front as I can. And if I feel like I've got good legs, maybe try and go with some moves, especially when the really fast guys kind of catch up. Um, I wouldn't want to be caught napping at all. But yeah, if the group's big and people are like charging, like overtaking really fast, like you just got to be aware, like that you you probably got to be all in for a couple of minutes at, at points in the race. So it's gonna, I think the bike's gonna sting quite a bit um, at, at certain efforts, and it's just like just riding that red line a bit a bit longer than you normally would in those sort of races, just to kind of make sure that you stay kind of in touch with packs. Um, but again, I. I'm just going to kind of play it by ear. As, as Freddie said, like, you, you can't really predict when people are going to make moves, when people are going to get caught, when, I don't know, yeah, like Magnus catches or or whoever. So getting in, getting onto the run, like I, I was, I've been apprehensive about my run for quite a few years because I've just had, I've not really had much consistency in terms of like real good sessions where I felt good, but the past kind of blocks felt a lot better than it has in recent years. So I'm kind of, hoping that I'll be able to kind of back my run a little bit more um, on on Saturday. So I'd kind of like to be within 
I don't know, within three minutes kind of of the of the lead and just kind of run for a solid race, uh, race result in the end. Um, I, again, I, my, my strategy is just to try and hang in as long as I can, stay as air as I possibly can on like the descent so I can save energy, like corner well, don't make any mistakes, just kind of all the basics of like nutrition as well because when when the intensity is on and stuff you, it, it, it is easy to forget a gel or some some drink when when moves are being made so yeah that, that that's my take on it um to be honest just for you for you tom it's a i think it's it's your bike course because it's like it's up and down but all um like rolling and it's a really like a like an aero course i'd say so i bet you're gonna be way closer than three minutes to the lead um fi uh, finishing in t2 well hopefully that i mean the ideal scenario would be i i i'm with the lead pack or or whoever but um yeah i'm just gonna try and do what i did in the first few races and hopefully that's enough I, i'm predicting it's probably not going to be a super fast run just with the amount of bike power, how hard the bike's going to be, I think there's going to be some pretty cooked legs. And okay, if you want to win, you're probably going to have to run like pretty fast. But I think there's going to be some really. I think it's almost going to be like Canada. Like I did to come third, yeah. I didn't run that fast, really. Um, and I think just because yeah, everyone's legs were quite cooked after quite a solid ride. And I predict that's probably, and, and you've, probably, you've seen that in like the big races the last, at least last year, to win even, you weren't running. Like I think Gustav in Canada maybe ran like 317 pace, you know, to win one of the biggest races of the year. It's not that fast really. Um, and, I, and I predict it's probably going to be something along those type of lines because, yeah, I, th I just think if you want to stay in the race, if you want to stay in the mix, you're going to have to ride hard. And it's going to be, for some people, it's going to be overbiking. So those that do normally run quite fast probably won't have the same similar sort of speed to what they normally would. And Colin, to win the US Open, ran even slower. So Gustav Eden um, ran two minutes faster than what Colin did at the US Open. I think Colin ran like 325s or something to win. Like really wasn't that fast. Yeah, okay. But yeah, <laughs> Dallas is a different story. I mean, everyone, I hear that, but Canada was the same. Like, yeah, it wasn't as hot, but there was more people blowing up at Canada than there was the US Open. I, I went back and watched both the races the other day. There was like six people who just exploded at Canada and it was um, it was chaos. Yeah, and I think you look at 70.3 worlds even. Um, again, I, and, and that's a different difficult course. I know you guys have probably done St. George. But again, it wasn't like, you know, when it, when I'm saying not that fast, I'm talking like, It's still fast, but someone like Christian certainly can run sub 310 sort of pace, but I don't think it will be that fast off the back of this hard bike ride. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just what we've seen anyway from, from last year. And maybe maybe the dynamics is a little bit different because there are going to be a lot of people towards the front. And you know, even just like, a, and I, I remember, I think it took um, in Dallas because there was quite a big, large group on the bike. I think it took like someone like Magnus almost a lap just to get from when he reached the front pack to get from the back to the front. He actually, um, because I was coming off the water with, with, with Magnus and Dallas and um, I had a really crappy, really, really crappy day. I mean, I also gave up on, on the bike after two or three laps and the first lap I was already riding like only, don't know, 290 watts and Magnus was 
the whole time Magnus was behind me and I was like, why, why isn't he overtaking me? And like after one lap, he suddenly, um, yeah, started to, to push next to me and was away and so fast. And then he immediately bridged up to the front. And after the, after the race, I heard that he was actually looking at his core temperature and was using the first lap to, to cool off a bit and then was really blowing it, uh, on, on the bike. Yeah, but but I mean, he also but but once he caught the back of the group, because it was such a big group at the time, it took him a long time to get from the front to the yeah, back. Yeah, and I suspect, yeah, you know, it depends what sort of role Alistair plays in that. You know, because he's going to be someone at the front that can maybe split it up. But um, that sort of dynamic as well, it, it could be that like it's going to take a long time, even for the you know, like yourself, Freddie. It depends how the race plays out. But you're going to have to really pick your moments, aren't you? like from when you can actually get to the front and otherwise you can burn a match just to even get from the back to the front. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's also anyway, going to be an interesting thing with, uh, with the race ranger. Um, and then all, all the off overtaking happening from, from it. So, um, yeah, definitely. We also have have, have to be careful just, just overtaking a, a group. Can I ask this question to you boys last year, Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden were, let, let's go and say it basically unbeatable when they came to a, a 70.3 or, or PTO distance race when they were there and everyone was talking about it. So in those races, 70.3 worlds, Christian and Gustav were the favorites. Um, PTO Canadian open Christian and Gustav were the favorites. Christian isn't being talked about like the unbackable favorite in this one, just like he was last year. This was only a few months ago. Do you guys think that Christian is the guy to beat? Like, should he be the person who everyone is looking at as the clear favorite? Or is there a reason why he's not being looked at like that now and he was only a few months ago? In my in my opinion, if there's a chance to beat him, then this Saturday. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, he's yeah, he, he will be any any yeah weaker than, than usual. I think it's it's just Christian when he's racing, he's uh yeah, on just in a different different world, let's say, and um, really strong. But I I talked to him today actually, and he is on um, on on Yokohama time, so he's getting up every day at uh, at three a.m. to get used to uh, a Yokohama time zone for WTS race. Uh, I think is it one or two weeks? I think just one week after after this race here. Um, so that's definitely the race uh, he's focusing on. Um, so yeah, he's, he will still be the man to beat, but I think if then, if there's a chance, um, for, for anyone, then this Saturday. I don't think Christian's race yet this year, has he? He was supposed to race Abu Dhabi, but then didn't race because he was six. So maybe yeah. not been talked about because he's just not raced and we don't really know what sort of shape he's in, but we can, we can trust that he'll be in good shape. Like, yeah. I think he'll be, I think he's the guy to be, yeah. Yeah, I think for sure he's a, should be talked about a little bit more than, than he is. But, you know, whenever, I think everyone's just been so excited that Jan's going to be on the start line. Um, Alistair's hopefully going to be on the start line as well. Um, that I guess has taken a little bit of the, the heat off Gustav. But in, in my books, I wouldn't say he's the unbackable favourite, but I think for sure he should be and probably will be the favorite for the, for the race. Can I ask you guys this question? Um, I did another podcast where I asked this question um, and I'll give you all a chance to, to think about it. I'm going to throw to you first for it. Um, Mika, if that's okay. And the other three boys can, and can think about it. Come, come Monday when, uh, when the race is done and the day after the race has gone by, 
What is it that everybody is talking about? Maybe following uh, what Fred said, that uh, if Christian gets beaten, and if he gets beaten by Alistair um, and Jan, it's going to be like, ah, yeah, um, the old guard has... Uh, isn't isn't uh isn't done yet um either it's this or everyone's going to listen to all the episodes of the how the train podcast because they want to know how to win the race <laughs> how to get top three <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah how to come sixth at exactly. the pto european <laughs> open featuring <Amber> Royal. <laughs> <laughs> i mean six ain't bad but it's not what i'm going for yeah see well the, the problem is six is it it pays like half as much as what it did last year. So you almost have to risk it a little bit more this year, don't you? Freddie, what do you think the, the talking point will be on Monday? So so for the athletes, it's going to be the after party. <laughs> <laughs> How bad the head is. How's the head <laughs> but yeah, I think it will be also like um, either, but just what Mika said, that um, yeah, Jan is still uh, in, in top shape. Like if he, if he gets uh, on the podium, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's able to. Uh, or it will be also something like uh, maybe a, a underdog, um, someone who who didn't get predicted at all uh, on the podium, or maybe even winning the race, um, just like how it was back then for 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 Colin uh, in in Dallas. I mean, we all know now how he did that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh. Aaron, what about you? <laughs> Um, I think it'll be that never-ending topic of the goat. Who's the goat? Um, I'm not sure we're going to be any clearer. If uh, unless Jan wins it, then I think that probably puts a definitive stamp on it. Um, but if someone else other than Jan wins it, i.e., if it's Christian or Alistair, that debate will rage on even further. I think. And there'll be some pretty heated topics and debates and, and talk on who the uh, who the great is, who the goat is. Sorry, Tom. I I reckon I'd be quite excited to kind of hear a discussion on like I I, I actually think it's going to be someone younger who's going to come through and do really well. So it's almost like who's going to take over from these kind of like goats for one of a better word in the sport um and i guess on the other hand it would be like again just speaking about how how some of the women race as well because that's going to be a really interesting dynamic um how many people is anna out, gonna outrun and stuff like that who knows like the is we like the run might not be that quick for us guys if the bikes on so that that, that leaves us a uh, I don't know, like not running quite so fast, but she's absolutely charging at the moment. So yeah, we're going to see some pretty, pretty amazing performances. Um, and we're actually racing before them, so we can actually watch it and wave our t-shirts around for them. So that'd be. I'm going to go out in a limb with my little one, and oh, I hate to say this. So the goat, the goat conversation is a hundred percent where it's at. Uh, Aaron, I agree with that. And for me right now, the two greatest athletes of all time um, are Alistair Brownlee and Jan Frodeno. I don't really mind what order you have it in, first or second. I'm personally of the opinion of the opinion it might be Alistair and then Jan, but I go back and forth on that all the time. They're two clear goats for me. I I think I think 42 is very old to to be at the the peak of this sport at the moment. Christian's like 29. 
that's what I didn't want to say out loud. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the talks that Yarn either doesn't start, doesn't finish, or gets beaten. Um, and and because Yarn's the biggest name in the sport, like the Norwegians are massive. Lionel Sanders is massive. Um, Lucy Charles Barclay is massive, but Yarn is the biggest name in the sport. So I think he'll be the talking point afterwards. And I think for the first time in about ten years, it'll it'll be that Yarn isn't at that level anymore, and and that he might be done. Because um, fuck, he if you go and look at his PTO ranking, just go and look at how many gold medals there are on that thing. Like I think so. I think him not being that that level athlete athlete anymore is probably the biggest talking point in the sport this year, let alone after this race. I mean, just just to add on a PTO distance, hundred um, percent, but. On an Ironman, I think he can still uh, beat the best. Oh, there's no doubt he can. He can win this race. He like no no one in the world will be shocked if Jan Frodeno wins this race by ninety seconds or a minute. No one will be shocked, and no one will be shocked if he goes to Nice and wins World Championships this year. And like no, like everyone will be like, yeah, a fucking course. It's Jan Frodeno. Um, you know that's why I think it would be such a massive talking point if the opposite happens and Jan shows that hey. I'm not the yarn who has literally not let anyone else win a race for about 10 years. Um, that, that's why I go out that out in that limb and say that. I'm just shocked. He's hey, fucking hell. I didn't think I had another 10 years left in me, but God, I've got to keep going for some time yet. <laughs> You're that's Australian, it, mate. You don't have the German blood in you. Yeah, yeah that's, it. that's impressive. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I mean, I'm excited. I've got like, like sweat patches under my arms after um, – spending the last 45 minutes talking about the race. I don't know about you guys, but I've got a run session to do and I'm now going to have to try and hold myself back. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you'll probably see some five-minuters at the sub-three-minute case. Picturing me running down the finishing shoot, taking on Jan and and Christian and, and Alistair and all you guys, as Freddie and, and Tom. I, I actually thought about that the other day when I was running, when I was not motivated. I was just like, oh, just imagine you're in the final K and it's five people you're running against for the win or something. <laughs> It really picks you up, definitely. It's a good little trick if you're not not feeling that good or anything. I've I've had that before, Tom. And then like it might be in this exact instance, five days out from a race, and then you get to the race, and I and I, I like remember having like this thought prior, and then during the race, I'll, and I was having a bad day. I'm like, fuck's sake, mate! Like five days ago, you were like picturing yourself <laughs> in this race, and now you're like five minutes behind. You're pathetic. I just start getting really angry <laughs> myself. So, um, yeah, maybe I won't do it today just to to not bring any sort of um, bad memories back. Yeah, keep it steady. <laughs> well, boys, this is uh, officially the longest episode of PTO, uh, Road to the PTO European Open we've ever done, probably by about double. Um, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. I know the series isn't done yet. We've got one more to go after the race, but um, – Boys, thank you so much. What a fucking wild series. This has been insane from the day we incepted it with um, Colin, Fred, uh, Mika and myself. You boys were the only th- – like it, it wasn't one of those things where um, I messaged, you know, 10 people and you guys said yes. Uh, I messaged Colin, I messaged Fred, and then I messaged Mika and talked about it like, hey, would you boys be keen to do it with this person, this person? Like, you know, Fred, would you be keen to do it with Colin and Mika? Mika, would you be keen to do it with Colin and Fred? all straight away said yes. We created a message group and we got started the next week. Um, we could, like you said before, we could never have written this script. None of us could ever have predicted all the shit that would have gone down that we'd be sitting here with Aaron Royal and, and Tom Bishop and, you know, had that that crazy week with Colin last week and we've still got the fucking race to go. 
We, like it hasn't even been the race hasn't even happened yet so the episode i was most excited about when we started the the one we'll do next week breaking down the race and talking about all the, the stories of which i'm sure there'll be heaps you know that's still to come so that's exciting but but while we're here um uh, on behalf of me and a hundred percent on behalf of everyone listening thank you thank you for taking us through your journey and the build-up to this race you guys give up so much time to let us in on this and you put in a lot of effort for it that people might not see behind the scenes. Um, all of you, you, you all really do. And like the respect I have for all of you guys as blokes, not just as athletes now, um, great people, really easy to work with and go above and beyond to make sure that that all of us get to listen to this and, and have brought so much great content to the triathlon world that we haven't really had um, in, in this sphere. Um, so yeah, seriously, we, we, this is, this is, can a hundred percent speak on behalf of everyone listening here that we thank you. And, and we want to see you do well this week. Like you guys will be watched by a lot of people this week and a lot of interest will be shown. Um, and, and, and yeah, and taken in you guys when you're out there racing. So maybe like think about us when you're out there on the race course, you do got, you guys all have, you know, 30 ish thousand people, um, supporting you and, and wanting each and every one of you, um, to, to achieve something big this weekend. So, you know, in a tough time, use that as your motivation. So thanks again, boys. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, Jack. And um, both, all I think all three of us, Tom, Freddie, I'm not sure about Mika, I don't think so, but we're all on Strava. We're all pretty open. So if you've liked hearing what we've had to say, um, we are, I think we share all of our power, heart rate, splits and everything. So it's all on there. Go give us a follow. I'm expecting another 30,000 followers by the... Um, by the end of it, then this is released. <laughs> but no, thanks, Jack. It's been cool. It's been good to talk to you guys, catch up, and yeah, see you guys in Ibiza. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. And yeah, looking forward to the race on Saturday. See you guys. See you, boys. Goodbye. Bye, bye. Just a reminder before the show ends, um, remember to head over to Precision Fuel and Hydration's website to try their gels and electrolyte tablets. I use the PF90 gel as my main source, but I also love their PF30 gel, particularly for for running um, and, and their 1500 electrolyte tablet. Bloody awesome. I've made a commitment and a promise to all of you before, and I stand by it, that I will never advertise anything on here I don't believe in 100%. And this year I tried so many brands of, of gels and nutritional products I used Precision for three to four months, buying their products with my own money. I didn't even use a discount code. And I promise you that you'll try it and you'll be like me and you'll only use it. And you'll try other brands and you'll just keep coming back to it. They're, they're seriously, they're awesome. They're so much better than every other brand I tried. They're also a fair bit cheaper than the other gel brands I was mainly using. There was one particular one that I didn't mind and everyone loves. I won't name it. I didn't like it as much and it was so expensive. So yeah, I love the precisions at a price point that doesn't make you go broke by by using them. And if you're like me and you use a lot of them through your long rides and long runs, that's a real bonus. Um, remember, use the code HTT23 when you buy precision from their online shop for 15% off everything. Yeah.